0: Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're talking about birth finances. Figuring out how much your birth will cost is a daunting preposition composed of many confusing and expensive parts. But what if you could navigate it in a non-overwhelming manner that could potentially save you thousands of dollars? Nate Dallas is here to share his step-by-step secrets. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Natural Breastfeeding and their free quick start video, which shows you a simple technique to prevent nipple pain and the easiest way to help your newborn latch and for you to produce enough milk for your baby. Go watch it at naturalbreastfeeding.com. This episode of Birthful is also brought to you by Megan Othling, a birth doula in Albuquerque who is all about offering women the information and support they need to make their own empowered birth choices. Learn more at womanofvalorbirth.com. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Mamas and Mamas-to-be and Mighty Dads and Dads-to-be. As always, thank you so, so much for listening and for all the love you give the show. I truly appreciate getting all your comments and your requests. And of course, I love your reviews since those help get the show in front of even more parents. You help me share the podcast that way. So if you enjoy what you hear, then please, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes, even if that's not how you usually listen to it. It really, truly, absolutely 100% helps. Before we start the show, here's a shout out to Megan Othling for helping to bring this episode into the world. Megan is a birth doula in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And if you want to check out more of what Megan Othling does, then go to womanofvalorbirth.com. And if you want to help bring an episode of Birthful to all the mighty listeners out there, go to birthful.com slash Patreon to find out more While you're there, grab a copy of my postpartum preparation worksheet. It's awesome and it's free and it'll help you prepare for life with a newborn. All right. My guest today is Dr. Nate Dallas, who is a husband of 14 years and a father to four young boys. He is a practicing dentist, a lifelong learner, and a serial entrepreneur. When he's not building a fort, fishing, hunting, climbing trees, or making sidewalk chalk art, he's mentoring men on how to become a better version of themselves. He's also the author of the brand new, super shiny, just dropped book, Hacking Fatherhood. Nate, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here today.
1: I'm very glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, and, and especially because this is such an overwhelming topic, you know, finances of pregnancy and birth, that it's insanely expensive, or it can be, to have a baby, and between the gear and the health care costs, and... You know, because it's overwhelming, it's one of those things I tend to lean away from even thinking about it, but that's not what we should do. I'm glad you're here to help me and the listeners try to figure out and navigate this, uh, how to approach the finances of, of pregnancy. So let's start, how about we start with the beginning? Like, what are the big expenses that come with having a child that people need to have on their radar?
1: Well, of course, it all depends on uh, what sort of childbirth you're going to have and whether uh, what sort of clinic you go to if you go to one, and whether you have a doula or a midwife or OBs and anesthesiologist and all this stuff. Uh, so it's a moving target with many components, but the basic format that I want to present is that uh, assuming that you're going to have to pay for a place to have a baby. I know some people do it at home, and that's great. Um but we're gonna assume that you're gonna do this at a hospital with a doctor who who has an office where you're receiving some prenatal care and that sort of stuff, and then uh the potential for it to be uh vaginal birth or uh involve surgery a c section and um or any other complications and then immediately following that, we gotta think about complications with the baby and a possible. Uh, Extended stay for recovery for mom or the baby, or even a NICU visit. Um, So, all of these things start adding up, and we need to be prepared for all of them, have knowledge of all of it that could happen, and uh, be as prepared as possible. But, uh, you know, the first component to all of it is kind of seeing all of the services that you're going to need and getting a decent idea of what that costs. The problem is, if you ask what it costs, the answer is always, it depends, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so we have to kind of take some averages and put it all together, and then the next logical place to go is insurance. Um, and every country has a different system, and in the U.S., we're in a very uh, kind of crazy confusing state right now with things changing and new plans coming in and now talk of new plans going out, but not knowing what it's going to be replaced by. But regardless of all of that confusion and boring, intimidating stuff, I just want to give you uh, the fundamentals to make good decisions. And it's never going to be cheap. Either you're going to pay for the delivery or you're going to pay for the insurance. Um, but there's ways to lessen the burden uh, on the front end, and there's ways to lessen the bills on the back end, and that's the stuff uh, I want to kind of walk everybody through so this is not such a daunting, intimidating animal. Um, knowledge is power, and this is one where knowing how the system works is very beneficial.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. And especially, so The I think you touched upon a key key part there of the preparation of knowing ahead of time what you're getting yourself into, that can go that, that's huge in terms of being smart with how you navigate that care um, right. what, yeah, tell me about that, about things you need to keep in mind and figure out before the baby comes
1: well, a common mistake is that if you have insurance, that you don't have to worry about anything that it's just gonna all be covered. Uh, The problem is is a lot of people are finding out after the fact right now that their new plan um, has a lot of caveats and a lot of black holes where things that used to be covered are no longer covered and the person that you would like to see for your care is no longer a provider or is only a provider up to a certain amount of the fee schedule and all this stuff. So step one is Let's let's talk about getting an insurance plan and what some of the terminology there is. So now with the Affordable Care Act in the US, uh pre-existing conditions have been eliminated. So it used to be a few years ago you couldn't buy a plan and uh knowing you were pregnant and get maternity benefits. Now you can. So their first thought is, that's terrific. You know, I can wait until I get pregnant, then get a better plan that will cover everything, and I'll just keep the cheap one up until then. The problem is, is now you can't buy it when you want to. There's only periods of open enrollment. So it's really just a game. It's kind of a duck and cover scheme because we were told there's no more waiting periods. But since you can only buy it certain months of the year, there's a new type of waiting period because if you buy it in January and you're not allowed to buy it for the next 6 months, you have to pay those premiums for the better plan the whole time. So, if you are knowing, if you know you're going to um try to get pregnant and and have a baby soon, then you have to think about how many months am I going to be on this better plan that has the better coverage and you got to do some math. Um, you know, it may be that your open enrollment period where you can purchase is just before you're going to need to start having prenatal care or just before the delivery. In that case, you really come out smelling like a rose. But what you don't want to do is pay 15 months worth of premiums on the super nice plan uh, and and not use any of those benefits because then you've just paid the whole price of labor and delivery and everything else two and a half times over and you still haven't had the baby yet. So that's one thing to work out, uh, when to buy it, when open enrollment is, and what sort of plan has your doctors on it. I want to really drive home that you can't call the office and say, do you accept such and such insurance company? You can't say, do you accept Blue Cross? Do you accept Humana? Because most of them are going to accept some plans, but not all plans from that parent company. So you need to give them the specific plan that you're on and ask them which doctors accept it, what's covered. It's really a pain to have to do that, but this is a five to $10,000 phone call. So it has to be done. And find out from them if the plan you're on or you're thinking about getting is not the one that's covered. Find out which one from them is the one they prefer, the one with the least amount of drama, least amount of red tape, the one that works the best. And then you can kind of backtrack, let them recommend a plan um, that that they know works, and then you can backtrack from there. So, So,
0: yeah, that's super interesting, because one of the things that comes up often here in the podcast is the fact that for a good birth outcome or or something that yeah for a birth outcome you can't guarantee a good birth outcome but a satisfactory a satisfying birth experience that where you feel res- respected and taken care of one of the biggest decisions you can make is who your care provider is right so that in terms of the quality and an experience that you're going to have but then i love this component of okay go find that provider and then go to them and see what plan works best for them and try to get on it.
1: Right. Well, see, they've already done all the homework. They've already been through all the frustration. And they hate all these changes as much as you do. I am a medical provider, and I can tell you every time there's a change, it makes everybody crazy in the building. But you have to keep up with it because it's a constant moving target. But they can tell you we do accept Plan A, B, C, D, and E, but Plan A only covers 30%. Plan B covers up to 60%. Plan C says it covers 100%, but it's only 100% of what they think it should be charged. So if the if their bill is $3,500 for prenatal care and delivery at the office, but the insurance company says, no, we think it should be $2,000, well, they're going to pay 100% of $2,000. And guess who's left with the other fifteen hundred? That's you. So these things are so important to know because you never get what you think you're getting. The little summary page on the website that shows you everything that's covered uh, is really—I um, don't know—I don't know the right adjective to say without uh, <laughs> just being scandalous, but it's—it's it's intentionally divisive, I believe, and. So you you think you're getting all this stuff and you're comfortable and you get in there and realize you're not anywhere close to what you thought you were getting. But the important things to know on your plan, one obviously is what the monthly cost of it is and that your doctors are actually on it and the facility is on it. But that's easy enough. But some of the things you need to know are your your annual deductible, because there's going to be a deductible for the patient and there's going to be a deductible for the family. Because remember... After the child is born, that child is his or her own medical record. That's a new person, a new identity that has their own policy. So, mom's deductible and baby's deductible are two different things now. So, we have to know what the deductible amount is, which is the amount you pay out of pocket before the insurance company starts paying. That may be $500, it may be $6,000. But if your family deductible is $6,000, then you're going to need to have $6,000 worth of cash somewhere. And that is a really difficult thing for a lot of families. I mean, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, so then you have to work out, okay, well, let's try to get it to a $2,500 deductible. Well, then the monthly premiums are three times as much. So where can you afford it? On the lump sum after the baby comes or in the monthly premiums? At some point, it's got to be paid for. Because the way the system works, and this is unfortunate for many and very fortunate for others, the person that's paying the real premiums is paying for five or six other people that are paying nothing. That's just the way it works. That's the way our system works. Love it or hate it. That's it. So if you're a high income learner and you're not getting any uh, special graces, You're paying an absurd amount of money for the monthly premiums and all the services because that same money has to go to pay for people who are paying nothing or paying a reduced fee. Can't do anything about it. That's yeah. just part of the
0: deal. And insurances so, are always trying to also cover their the, their part of it by negotiating the lowest prices they can with the healthcare providers. Absolutely. And like you said before, like I think this is worth two thousand, not the three thousand six hundred that you think it's worth. So that's all I'm going to give you for it. Um, right. And so so it's it it, it is. I, I I know it's so tricky. It's, it makes your head hurt of how yeah. how you have to be very detailed because you are going to pay one way or the other.
1: Well, the other part is is it the insurance companies are now sort of dictating what the offices do and what they can do. And so now you see this litany of charges that goes on just automatically and all these lab fees and all this stuff. And they're on there, not necessarily because the patient needs it or it was warranted, but because that's something that's covered. And so you get all of this extra stuff that's mixed in and the thing that you actually need may not be covered. So it, it, you just have to have that conversation. And when somebody says, you know, we," my wife and I just left the office this morning for a uh, sonogram. Uh, we had all four of our boys with us. This was where we went to see if baby number five was going to be a Boy or girl? Yeah, and we fun.
0: were just talking before we started, and I want to like congratulations, do congr- well, thank congratulate you. Yeah. you on I on the air of yeah. yeah well, you thanks. found it's... you found out what you're having. You got four boys at home, and now you're having
1: a fifth boy.
0: A fifth boy. <laughs> so
1: we are ecstatic. You know, we were both nervous, uh, nervously excited, and everybody's been saying, all, you know, for months. I know you hope it's a girl. We were terrified that it might be a girl, and we would have to learn a new system.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so we got, we've got the gear. We, we know the system. We feel like we could drop a boy in and just rock, you know. <laughs> so anyway, but we're just glad that there's a healthy baby there. But Absolutely. Anyway, so that visit, you know, I, I, I confirmed with them the $4,200 that I paid um, was for all prenatal care and labor and delivery Minus any C-section or anything beyond a normal vaginal delivery, healthy delivery. And they said, yes. And I said, that's everything, right? Everything. Can I get that in writing, you know? And so you get a discount if you pay it in cash, always. You always ask if there's a cash discount because there is. Every office has something because what they're expecting to do is file it on insurance. Insurance covers 60%, 80%, whatever. And whatever's left over the office is probably going to write off as a loss. um, And it may not be paid. In some cases, they can't charge the patient for the remainder. Um, In some cases, they expect you to make up the difference. But whatever that balance is, you always say, if I could come up with the money, if I could borrow it, if I could put it on a credit card, whatever you got to do to soften it up, if there was some way for this money to show up right now and I paid it all, what would the discount be? And then you have to say, because a friend told me, I am now all of your friends, everyone listening, this is not a lie, (laughs) because a friend told me that there was a 40% discount if you pay in full. And some offices, it may be 15, some may be 20, but you always ask and you'll be blown away. Sometimes it's 50%. Um, But I routinely get a 40% discount for just asking. On my first child, I paid everything off No questions asked, because that's what I thought honest, hardworking people did. And just by not asking, I overpaid on everything, grossly overpaid. And then I learned that everything's negotiable and that these people, it's so much better for them to actually collect real cash than it is to file it all through the system. And it could get denied and repealed and all this stuff, you know. So they want to take cash and they are happy offer a discount. So that's just another caveat there th- to keep in mind. We'll get back to that when it comes to the negotiating the bills. But
0: and before we move on though, I want to I want to understand this a little bit more because okay. I I have questions about this. Um so you went in this 42,000, 4200, sorry. Uh-huh. 4200, it covers the care provider fee and also the hospital fee?
1: That's no, 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 no. Hospital And anesthesia would be different. Right. This This, is is not the facility. Uh, This is for our doctor to deliver this baby and to take care of everything between now and then.
0: So this would be the amount that he would be or she would be charging. They would be charging the insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, And then whatever the insurance pays back, there would be a remainder that they can either try to get from you. Or write it off.
1: Right. In my case, I have a very high deductible. Mm -hmm. And so I was paying for it either way. So the the deductible was more than Mm
0: $4,200 or
1: Mm -hmm. $4,500. I can't remember which one it was. But so I knew I was going to be paying for it. And so sometimes they'll say, well, we need to file it to insurance anyway so that it can be applied to your deductible. I've also learned a different trick that... If you uh, go in and they say, how do you plan on paying for it? If you say, I don't want to file anything on insurance, I'm private pay, you will get a different fee and it will be lower. So if you know that you're going to be paying out of pocket either way, I think uh, a good strategy is to find out what the cash fee is first because if your deductible is six thousand dollars and your total bill is going to be four thousand um and they're going to send it to insurance they may offer it to you for three thousand if you just go ahead and pay for it because of all the clerical work that doesn't have to happen right so you know that's just something to think about i i had a uh, procedure done myself last year and i went in first and told them i had no insurance that i wanted the private pay and then immediately after that, I said, um, I'm getting a new plan next week. So well, I'm going to bring the card back and let you run it and, and do the math and see. And it was actually a better deal for me to pay it in cash with no insurance.
0: Because you were getting a discount.
1: Because I was getting a cash discount. Mm-hmm. Right. And Because the insurance was actually covering so little of it. So, you know, this is all boring stuff. It's so stressful and yuck. But, you know, a few questions could save thousands of dollars. So, you you know, you just have to know the right questions. Um, So there's a few more things on the insurance plan that we need to know about um, other than the deductible, both the individual and the family. The other is um, the coverage amounts, which we kind of hit on, but you need to ask the office what that really means. If when they say 80%, is that really 80%? But the other thing is the out-of-pocket maximum. And you'll see that in the summary for the insurance plans. That is the most that you're going to have to pay out-of-pocket before the insurance takes over and handles the rest. I think this is the most important number uh, that m- most people ignore. Most people just look at the monthly premium and assume everything's gravy once they have the plan. But you really need to know in the worst case scenario if somebody has to stay for two weeks in the hospital if something goes wrong what's the maximum amount that I could owe and so that is one of the things in the summary points that you need to know and that should be a determinant in uh, also in in the plan that you get because at some point there is a cap to what what you would be responsible for so that's one of those other things that people just don't uh, really understand. But if you know that you have sixty five hundred dollars in the bank and the out of pocket maximum is six thousand dollars, well, you don't have to stress about it anymore. You know, if somebody gets sick, if somebody goes to the NICU or whatever, you're okay, and that that peace of mind is worth a lot, especially in a in a stressful time with no sleep and hormones raging.
0: No, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Plus, also, correct me if I'm wrong, but that also includes, like, at your out-of-pocket max, every co-insurance, and everything, like, you're paying out of your pocket goes to building up that amount, right?
1: That's right. That's so
0: right. So it's not just that, you know, whatever you're doing during that year, it all adds up.
1: That's right. That's right. So, you know, if, if pregnancy is only one of the many things uh, that was going on that year, if there were other... Um, elective procedures or or other medical problems or anything like that even just wellness visits and all that all that stuff adds in so if you know uh, that you need a colonoscopy or you need uh, a cat scan or whatever it may be for something else um, you know and you can wait two months and do it the same year you plan to have a, a a baby put it all together you know and and just ask it's important to ask when the rollover date is most plans are a calendar year but some of them are 365 days from when you enrolled so you need to know when the date rollover is so that for deductibles and out-of-pocket maxes you're cramming it all into one insurance year which may not be a calendar year does that make sense
0: Absolutely, yeah, because this out-of-pocket maximum and uh, all of, and your deductible, that all goes on, you know, once the day you reach that year, it goes all back to zero.
1: That's right. Yeah. And so this, this you know, we just crossed over. Um, we're recording this in, in January, mid-January. Well, our prenatal care started for this current baby several months ago, but I specifically asked the office, And they know I'm a good payer. I have a history with them. We've done this four times now. Uh, I said, can we wait until January to start the billing process for this? I know you normally start on day one uh, with a pregnancy test, but I would really like for it to be on the next calendar year and be in the same billing year as the actual labor and delivery and everything else. And And they granted me that request. So we waited to bill all that stuff out and to pay it until the first week of January. So now everything's in the same year. And if we meet a deductible or if we meet an out-of-pocket max, you know, nothing got wasted in the turnover.
0: Mm-hmm. Smart so thinking. Yeah.
1: You know, but that's one of those things, you know, it's a, it could make a $3,000 difference and it's one conversation. You know, you just have to know how it works and, and that knowledge is power and, and could be, cash in your pocket
0: huge and i really appreciate what you're doing of putting like a a a cash value number to that phone call because that's a that's a very strong motivator if i know that having that phone call is going to save me between three thousand and five thousand dollars i will get over the (laughs) the annoyance of making it you know
1: yeah right right this five minutes Uh, you know, is worth that much that there's very few things in life that will, uh, be better time spent than that. And, you know, look in in most relationships, one personality is the better negotiator. And one personality is usually the person who just would rather run away and maybe even say it's not even worth $3,000 because I hate that stuff. I'm scared of it, you know, but whoever the better negotiator is, whoever has the better poker face, let that person be the one having the conversation in, in my marriage, my wife wants me to handle all of that. But I know some women who are way better suited to be the one to go in there and, and have that conversation and drive a hard bargain and come out with a better deal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whoever that person is in the relationship, you know, have your, have your homework done and go in there with your game face. Don't be rude, but be firm and let them know that you are fighting for your family, you know, absolutely. And I find that um, in the the aftermath, when it's all over, if you get all these surprise bills, everybody's really angry because they feel like they've been done wrong, feel like they've been misled. And so then those conversations have a whole different tone. And there are gatekeepers that are making decisions that affect your family, and you don't want to start out with a bad attitude uh, and be in pit bull attack mode. You'd rather start on the other end and show them, look, I'm a prepared, calculated lover of my family, and this is serious to me. And I just want to have everything lined up. And they're more patient, they're more compassionate, and they respect you for it. And so, you know, if if it all goes with the right attitude, it ends up better off. And then in the end you can call back that person that you have a great relationship with at the office and say, hey Kristen, this is me again. Thank you for helping me out. I've got a few questions for you. What is this item on here? Didn't we already handle that? You know, and you've got an advocate. So it, it's it's a long process. Success is cumulative. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every step along the way matters, but it's so much easier to prepare for it than it is to try to put out the fire later.
0: So I love it. I love it. Nate, I want to talk about also what you can do with the hospital. But before we do, we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Did you know that even though most expectant moms plan to breastfeed, the majority aren't really adequately prepared to get off to a good start? That is why world-renowned breastfeeding experts Dr. Teresa Nesbitt and Nancy Moorbacher have created their fabulous Quick Start video that gives you everything you need to know to get started with natural breastfeeding. Best of all, it's free. How awesome is that? Through their quick start video, you'll learn a simple technique that prevents nipple pain. You'll also find about the simplest way to help a newborn latch, as well as the best way to produce enough milk for your baby. These things will set you well on your way to a blissful breastfeeding relationship. And did I mention that it's free? Go watch the quick start video to natural breastfeeding at naturalbreastfeeding.com. And we're back. And so talking to Nate Dallas about the finances of pregnancy and birth. Nate, what? so, okay, that's with what, that's what the care provider. Now, with the hospital, that's a whole different beast. <laughs> what can you do there?
1: Okay. So, again, we have to make sure that the facility and all of the doctors that are going to be in that facility are, are, are providers on your plan, including the anesthesiologist. And including the labs, those are the two things that people forget about. So make sure that those things are on there before you go in. But look, there's so many things that end up on that bill uh, when you go to the hospital, most of which you never asked for, most of which were never in question. So this is going to sound funny, um, but what I recommend doing, and I cover this in in, in my new book for dads, every time somebody comes in the room every time a nurse comes in with a bag full of stuff or a cart full of stuff you tell them I don't want anything that's not necessary that sounds funny and so elementary but I'm telling you the all this automatic stuff on the cart is ridiculously priced so there's all the stuff that you think are complimentary gifts just because of love for the patient right but the thermos with ice water in it is $37 for thermodynamic regulation of body temperature or whatever. You know, the puppy pad uh, that goes, that you put your feet on when you get out of the bed as some sort of grand name sanitation fabric or whatever. And that thing that would cost 34 cents is $27. On and on and on and on. You know, you're going to get a self medication pack um, after you have the baby. That consists of Tylenol, ibuprofen, and Colace. Those three items are available at any pharmacy for $2 a bottle. If you get it from the hospital, it's $218. So take your own own slippers, take your own self-med pack, take your own thermos, all this stuff, you know, but just be protective about all the stuff that's coming in because you may not need it, but they're going to charge you for it. So my wife, I mean, it's a running joke now, but as soon as there's a shift change and a nurse comes in, she says, whoa, stop, time out. (laughs) Unless something is medically necessary, I don't want it. I just want to tell you, I'm not trying to be rude, but we're paying for this thing out of pocket and we don't want extra stuff. So just tell me what you've got, what you're planning to do with it, and we'll tell you whether or not we want it. And that little conversation has to happen six times over the course of three days but it ends up saving eighteen hundred dollars in stuff you know because the 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 bedpan is 78 dollars the disposable bedpan we've never used one we don't need it but if you don't say i don't want it you bought it
0: yeah and they and (laughs) and that's a huge point because they and i don't i don't think i've ever like actually done what you have and has have had any of my clients do what you're saying to do because we just don't think about it right like I didn't I, do it nobody does it but they get you on the other side because they say oh yeah everything that's in this cart this is yours have right. as many diapers as you want as many things so it does feel like oh how great I have all these things
1: yeah right and and you know it's like it's like your welcome pack at the Ritz Carlton you know but you don't realize that, you know, how much the mini bar actually costs until you go to check right. out. <laughs> you know, that bottle of water that you thought was a nice gift was seven bucks. But, you know, I mean, it's almost comical, but, you know, there's just so many little things and they add up and they're all just so overpriced. But I mean, seriously, Colas, I mean, a stool softener and, and, and an anti-inflammatory over-the-counter and an analgesic over-the-counter, that's easy. You know, uh, you can take your own plastic squirt bottle to rinse with and and save 47 bucks, you know. But if you know, just talk with another woman who, who's done it before and think about all the things that you're going to need and just take it with you. You know, one little duffel bag, you'll have everything you need and then some. And, you know, you can bring your own disposable socks or slippers or whatever. And so it's going to seem a little chintzy, but um, when you get the itemized bill at the end, if you haven't done this, you will be shocked at how many things are on there. And so that leads me to the next point is one once it's all over and done with um, and the bills start rolling in, you absolutely, 100% of the time, have to ask for an itemized bill from Everybody, from the doctor, from the from the lab, from the anal- anesthesiologist, from the hospital facility, everybody. I want an itemized bill because they're going to send you a very confusing EOB, explanation of benefits with your insurance claim and all that stuff, and you're just going to see a big number at the bottom of what you owe. And when you get that itemized bill, 100% of the time, it's never failed. One hundred percent of the times, there's things on that bill that you never received, because they were in that automatic computer program where they click one time and every mama gets it. And you start going down the list, and and some of them you're not going to know what they are, so you have to ask. What is this tube? What is this, you know, infusion pump? What is this, whatever? And you realize, oh yeah, I never had, I never got pitocin, but I paid for the IV pump and the Pitocin Medicine. you know. I never used the this or the that or the whatever. And so you just go back through and it's like, delete it, delete it, delete it, delete it. We didn't use any of these. And they may or may not go back and actually read the progress notes in the in the chart. Uh, they'll probably just strike them off because they know it happens all the time. So there's another way to reduce the bill just by having one 10 minute uh, intervention you know, and and some of those things can get into the thousands once you realize there were three, four items on there at three or four hundred dollars a piece.
0: Absolutely. And they and they are. So, you know, it is overcharged in that sense of the, this holy coles becomes you know, right. it's, it's it's covered in gold or something that. You know, yeah. yeah, I yeah.
1: Mean, it's amazing. I Unless that coles comes from some special place and has some narcotic in it that I don't know about. I just can't. I can't wrap my head around it being, you know, 60 bucks. But um, so so there, there you go. So then when it's all over with, you've itemized the bill, you've reviewed everything, you've prevented as much uh, expense as possible along the way, you've gotten the right insurance plan, everything was, you know, well planned and executed up until then. Then the final bills come in. Now this is very important. I want everybody to hear me out here because this can save your family from a lot of trouble. The rule I want to tell you, and I want you to live by it forever, is do not sign a payment plan. Now, that's going to sound a little shady, but I'm going to explain it all to you. A hospital is going to have, when all your bills come in, a certain amount is expected for you to pay. I want you to pay what you owe, but I want you to pay no more than what you owe, no more than what you can negotiate, and I want you to pay it on a schedule that is comfortable for your family so you don't get in trouble financially. So what they're going to propose to you, and you're not going to be given any other option, is, Mr. Dallas, your total bill is $4,200. We'd like to put that on a 12-month payment plan and or a, or a 24-month payment plan, whatever, and this is going to be your monthly amount. So we don't expect you to pay it all off today, so we're going to work with you. And it's going to be like this great civil uh, work of justice that they're going to work with you. The problem is, is that becomes a legal contract. And in the next 24 months, you don't know what your family's going to need. You don't need to be in this contract that could potentially get you in trouble with credit, with your bills at home, with anything else. You don't have to sign a plan. What you can do is let them know that you're gonna pay as much as you can every month and that you will absolutely pay it all off but you don't want to get into a legal agreement now that's probably a new message that most people have never heard and this is coming from someone who provides medical care and files insurance and I just know how it works and people end up in collections they end up with all this extra stress when what you really need to do is pay as much as you can afford to pay comfortably and know that you're going to get it all in time. They're going to keep pushing, and they're going to want you to sign something because the person you're talking to makes a commission off of what they collect, off of what they collect in lump sum or off of what they collect in a treatment plan, I mean a payment plan. So now this is important information and know because now you're in a position of leverage because you are in control of this person's bonus of their paycheck. So now is the time to work out a deal. So you could say, well, I, I have $5,000 that I owe. I understand I owe that. I cannot afford to pay $400 a month. What I would like to do is pay whatever I can. But if If I could borrow the money, if I could put it on a credit card, if I could come up with it from friends or family or whatever, what would my discount be if I paid it in full? And they'll say, I'm going to have to talk to my manager. I don't have the liberty to make that decision, blah, 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 blah. That's fine. You, You talk to that person, you get to their name, you're as sweet as you can be, and you say, okay, Jennifer, I'll wait for you to call me back and let me know. And she'll call back. And she'll say, we can offer you a 15% discount. And then you say, oh, that's just not really going to work for my family. One of my friends, Nate Dallas, (laughs) got 40% (laughs) off of his. And we were hoping to do that so that we could get this behind us and know that it's finished. But that's just not enough of a discount. We're just going to pay what we can pay every month. And I assure you, in time, we'll get it paid off. Well, now she knows that she's got to work harder to make that deal. And she wants to because she's going to make a bonus. If you send her $3,000, she's going to make a bigger bonus than if you send her $200 a month. So now let me talk to my manager again. I'll call you back. Jennifer, thank you so much. I know this is stressful for you and hard clerical work. I'm just trying to do what's best for my family and I don't want to get us in financial trouble. We've saved some money for this. We just want to do the right decision and know that once it's done, it's done. So then she goes back and she's probably going to call you back with a better deal. So that's the negotiation. If you have some cash to spend and keep working with them until you know they're really at the bottom and this is the number and, and you'll be shocked and how low it can go. Everything is negotiable. And I remember uh, a couple years ago, after NICU, after a bunch of problems, um, my leftover bill was something like twenty-eight thousand dollars. I mean, just terrible. After all the stress of that, to realize this amount was there. I think I negotiated that down to twelve thousand, uh, going back and forth in these conversations. And I'm very particular about the language. I say, how do people do this? Like, does this cause people to go bankrupt? Who has twenty-eight thousand dollars in their couch cushion? Like, what am I supposed to do? And my son still needs ongoing care, you know. And you plead with him. Tell me how this works. What are we supposed to do, you know? And sometimes there's programs I, I don't ever qualify for them because by the grace of God I've got a really good job and a high income. But it may be that they have a program for someone in your income bracket and there is a rescue and there's 5 or 6000 dollars there available. So, you know, you've got to give them the opportunity to work with you and let them know, you know, I'm just trying to do the best for my family. And so, it's uncomfortable to have the conversations, but they need to hear the word credit card. They need to hear the word bankrupt. They need to hear the word financial stress and and payment plans and my monthly expenses and all this stuff to let them know you've been really working on this so that is a little bit of cat and mouse a little bit of a poker game but you just have to know the rules of engagement because there are deals to be made and if you just write the check or sign the payment plan you have absolutely given away money
0: that is amazing advice nate
1: <laughs> <laughs> well like... it's life changing too i mean it it because people will, for 24 months, struggle to make these payments. Struggle, really struggle, cutting back everything across the board for the family. And it's hard enough to bring home a new baby and to get in a routine and do all the normal stuff with no financial stress. But that single thing can wreck a marriage. It can wreck your relationship with your spouse with your other children with your other family members because the stress is it will just eat you alive so may know that the best thing for your family is to be operating with the least amount of stress possible and don't let someone strong arm you into a more stressful position because you're in control you do what's best for your family they can't come repossess your car because the pitocin hasn't been paid for yet You know, I want you to pay the bill and I want you to pay it. Honestly, I mean, I'm not saying to skirt around it or to run and hide and to change your identity. I'm a very honest person and I believe in paying what you owe. Just reduce that amount and reduce that schedule as much as possible. Does that all make sense?
0: Absolutely. Oh, it's it's fascinating. And I, I really appreciate your thoroughness of walking us through step by step in a way that's very easy to understand, because this can be so overwhelming and daunting that people just go, it's too hard. And then you throw your hands up in the air and pay.
1: Yep. Right. Yep. Well, the other the other thing I forgot before we got to actually negotiating, the one thing you have to say is. Has everything been processed? Because you don't want to negotiate everything, pay it, and then three months later, a new bill show up that was just late. Uh, I should have put that in before we had that last little bit. But but you need to ask them, every person that sent you a bill, is this the final bill? Has all the insurance been processed? This is it. Like, it can't go up. And then once you decide on the settlement, on how much you're going to pay, you ask for a written letter, to be sent to you that says this account from this date to this date, as long as you've been a patient there, has been satisfied in full and is closed. And if another bill shows up, you take that letter from the hospital and that bill and you say, I've already covered this. This bill is your responsibility, not mine, because we had a deal. So make sure it's all wrapped up, you negotiate your prices, and then you get a letter saying it's done. We're not gonna send you any more bills. You've paid for everything. And anything else that's an error on their part is their problem. And not this your. letter
0: you're getting it before or after you've paid?
1: After you've paid.
0: Like once after. you're done paying, if you negotiated of and, and figure out a good, you know, forty percent off if you pay it in cash in advance, like right then instead of going for however many months, then you right. pay it and get your letter.
1: Right. Oh. So the sequence is get your itemized bills, review them, fix all those problems. Then you ask, has everything been billed out? Has everything been processed? Is there anything still in flux? Then you negotiate how much you're going to pay. And the last step is getting your letter saying your account is closed and satisfied and nothing else can be added. And this is a standard thing. Most people don't know about it, but I mean, that letter will be in the mail tomorrow. I mean, it's just a uh... standard document they have on the computer they put your name in and your dates and here it comes and i've never i'm trying to think now after after doing this so many times i think i've only had to use that letter one time but i did have to go back and show the the billing office you know this has all been satisfied these are the conversations this is her name jennifer she's so sweet she's always helped me or whatever um the last time I paid the, the big bill, I told you it went from 28000 or whatever it was down to $12,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I told her, I said, I'm going to put this uh, on a card. And um, we finished up and she said, is there anything else I can do for you? And I said, yeah, I think you can take me to dinner tonight because you just got the biggest bonus you've gotten all year. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, uh, "I don't think we can actually do that, sir." And I was like, "It was—I was just kidding." I, I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful for your help. I'll see you in a couple years. And we'll do this again. Yeah, you know?
0: that's right. That's so, fantastic.
1: So there you go. That's that's um that's it in a nutshell. It gives you enough to uh, make your head spin, but in the end, I think you'll see that every little bit of work on this uh, is worth so much. And. And I, I'm sure I've skipped over a few things. Um, there's a little more information about the insurance process in the book mm-hmm. and a little bit more about some of the actual quotes and the lines to use in the negotiation uh, for that part. The book is called Hacking Fatherhood, uh, and I wrote it specifically for men preparing for the biggest role of their life, which is fatherhood, and um, so and it take doesn't you-
0: and it doesn't just talk about insurance; it talks about other things no. as well. Tell tell uh, us about the book, Nate. Well, so um, after doing this
1: several times, um, four children uh, born, uh, some with special needs, some with complications, two miscarriages. Um, I feel like I have a lot of knowledge on the issue, and I've always been a good student. I've read every book I can read on it. Uh, But guys just don't talk about this stuff. And so the book starts 24 months B.C., before child. And I take you to one month A.D., I mean, one week A.D. after delivery. So this is all preparatory stuff. But it's, you know, we discuss um, insurance. We discuss fertility. It's amazing to me how many men know nothing about fertility. Even more amazing, how many women know nothing about fertility and their own cycle. But we talk about fertility. We talk about all of the little things with pregnancy itself, uh, itself, trimester by trimester, what to expect, being prepared for the next thing, basically changing your identity um, in the process and not just surviving. It's always irritated me how many of the books just assume that men are lazy idiots and they're written to be cool and to not inconvenience your life. And they're about surviving or faking it. And I decided I wanted to write a book for guys who really want to kill it, who are serious about the vocation and want to be good at it. And so this whole book is for people who are willing to work a little harder and a little smarter to achieve a higher level of success. And I think in the end, uh, this book will save uh, your average guy about $5,000 and possibly save his marriage, and make him a better man, and so that that was the whole thing, and you know, there's probably not a big audience for it, because guys don't prepare very well, and they don't read, but I just thought it's worthwhile if only a few guys do it, because it changes a family, and I just took it on as a labor of love, and, and uh, just to do it, because guys just don't talk about this stuff, and uh, so it's coming out February 7th, it's called Hacking Fatherhood, and if the Privilege is granted to me. I hope that there's a second book um, where I pick you up at one week home, and maybe take you to your second birthday.
0: Mm. We'll see. What an amazing resource! Like, thank you from the bottom of my heart for creating this because, uh, yeah, it it is dads and 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 partners sort of get left on the side of the road, right? And and everything gets focused on the mom, and it's it's the the couples doing it together everybody's is in there together and you've got different strengths.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it should be. And you know, what is amazing? Uh, The growth of the relationship and the real intimacy. Um, When a woman knows she has a strong man with a plan, Um, someone who's in control or at least looks like he is, you know, instead of just coming into every situation, totally blind. I mean, some guys don't even know there's a placenta. You know, they don't know. I mean, I can fill in the blank with so many things, but I want guys to know what's coming next and to be able to be a leader um, and to give their wife that confidence. And in the end, I, I just think the marriage is so much stronger and, and there is so much more intimacy because it communicates you're worth all the trouble, you know, and I'm working my tail off too. I appreciate what you're doing which it is not even i can't even fathom what it's like to to carry and birth a child. What an amazing thing. But I want you to know that I'm totally invested and that I'm busting my butt too. And in the end, uh I think the guys that do that well, the whole family wins in a big big way.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh so much so. And I think and I you know, things like your book, things like this podcast, things, things are changing. And, and I see partners, I see dads, I see partners getting more involved and being there, you know, working on this together and, and being, taking the classes and, and reading the stuff, you know, so that they can be present and having, being present in the, in the birth room and, and, you know, connecting with the doula and all the things, all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All of it. Yeah. I want the guys to be hands on. I want them to be a part of all of it and to be right there giving their spouse all the confidence in the world and all the affirmation and appreciation. And, you know, in the end, um, guys love to have a plan and guys love to fix things. Uh, But for whatever reason, this one topic um, guys are very underprepared for, you know, they'll read a hundred books on how to get a promotion at work uh and and have no idea uh what pregnancy is going to be like or or what labor and delivery is going to be like and i think that's an injustice and i think that's something that like you're saying we're seeing some changes and some guys starting to step up and uh that's really refreshing i mean i you know i think everybody wins um when when dad knows what he's doing
0: mm. and I so appreciate you being here today and sharing your knowledge and can't wait to get my hands on that book because it is going to be a, such a fabulous resource for uh, all my clients. Nate, if people want to get connected with you, follow what you're doing, just stay in touch. How can they do that?
1: Well, I'm not, um, all that active on social media and that kind of stuff. I write a blog post once a week for men, uh, certainly beneficial for women as well, but, um, I don't know what it's like to be a woman, so I write to men, um, but that is at natedallas.tumblr.com, um, and then the website for the book is hackingfatherhoodbook.com, and there's a, a form on there where you can uh, send me a message if you like, um, questions, comments, whatever. I do my best to respond. Um, I'm a very busy person, but I think this stuff is probably the most important stuff that I do, so I try to make a space for it. So you can find me on Twitter occasionally or on LinkedIn uh, or on one of those two websites. And um, I I hope to be available if you need me.
0: Fantastic. Thank you again. Thanks so much for being here.
1: I've enjoyed it. Thank you for what you do.
0: Mighty Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at Birthful, so come say hi. And if you're pregnant, don't forget to grab my birth partner's ultimate labor support toolkit at birthful.com slash toolkit. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at naturalbreastfeeding.com. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.